0: This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. Transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR, is a minimally invasive heart valve replacement procedure that can offer new hope to patients who have aortic valve stenosis. So let's learn more with Dr. Caleb Thompson, an interventional cardiologist at Dignity Health. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. First off, can you share some background on yourself?
1: Sure. I was raised here in Bakersfield, California. And then after undergrad at Cal, went to medical school at St. George's University and then started my training with an internal medicine residency at UC Irvine and then decided to do a cardiology fellowship, which was at the Ochsner Heart and Vassar Institute down in New Orleans. And that was followed by a second fellowship in interventional and structural cardiology at Scripps down in San Diego.
0: You're very well-traveled, Dr. Thompson. That's right. <laughs> we like that. That's good. Yeah. So can you define for us severe aortic valve stenosis and what that is?
1: Sure. So your heart is comprised essentially by four chambers. Each of those are separated by valves. The aortic valve is the last valve one goes through before it exits the heart. It's a three-leaflet structure, and what happens with aortic valve stenosis is thickening of those leaflets, which do not allow them to move appropriately. So what happens is it becomes very difficult for blood to get out of the heart. There are different stages of aortic valve stenosis, all the way from mild to severe. Mild to moderate, we don't get too concerned about. We just keep an eye on over the years. But if someone develops severe aortic valve stenosis, and that's accompanied by symptoms, then we start talking about the need for aortic valve replacement.
0: And then what are the symptoms we should know about?
1: Yeah, so sometimes they're very overt, sometimes they're not. They can be subtle. The things we look for, certainly if someone is having angina or chest pain when they exert themselves, other symptoms can be breathing difficulty, also usually when they try to perform some sort of activity, some people do get dizzy and lightheaded, and the worst-case scenario is actually losing consciousness. Other folks can feel just fatigue and, and have a lack of energy. The one that often causes hospitalization are heart failure symptoms. People can actually develop heart failure, which requires the patient to be hospitalized.
0: Well, it's good to know and understand the symptoms. So if someone's aortic valve does require replacement, there's the transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or or what's known as the TAVR, can you tell us what that is?
1: Sure. For decades, all we had was the surgical option, which is an open chest procedure. Over the last decade or so, we've been doing this new procedure called TAVR, as you said. That's an alternative to surgery. It's basically a a catheter-based procedure. We usually are using the artery in the groin, sometimes another artery, but by and large, it's the groin artery. And what we do, we pass a long catheter about the diameter of one's index finger up the aorta over the aortic arch, and we actually cross the native aortic valve with this catheter. And either there's a couple of different companies that are manufacturing these devices, but either we blup brand new bioprosthetic valve using a balloon that's crimped onto the catheter, or we unsheath a bioprosthetic valve like unsheathing a sword that comes out of that catheter. Either way we go, the new valve smashes the old valve leaflets to the side, and now we've got a brand-new bioprosthetic valve without the need for open chest surgery.
0: Which has got to make a lot of people very happy. So then who is a candidate for the TAVR procedure?
1: Well, at this point in the year 2020, just about everyone with severe symptomatic valve stenosis is a candidate. When we rolled this technology out, it was first for people who were at high risk for standard surgical aortic valve replacement. And then we did the studies for those who are intermediate risk. More recently, we've done patients who are at low risk for any sort of surgical complication. And it's been pretty consistent across the board that this technology is as good and maybe even better than standard surgical aortic valve replacement. To answer your question, just about everyone, there are some exceptions. There are certain situations where surgery is still the best option but we always want to give the patient the evaluation for TAVR because by and large, they will be a TAVR candidate.
0: So then as people evaluate this option, what are the benefits to the patient?
1: So once someone develops severe symptomatic aortic valve stenosis, we know the prognosis is not good. In fact, there are old natural history studies that show that if someone gets to that stage, the majority of those patients at the five-year mark are no longer with us. So this has a very poor prognosis once it gets to this stage. There's obviously a mortality benefit. But beyond that, or maybe just as important, we can relieve symptoms, we can prevent heart failure, and we can really improve someone's quality of life.
0: So, Dr. Thompson, along with the signs and symptoms, is there anything else your primary care physician should be looking for when trying to evaluate your heart
1: There are signs that we can see on exam. The most common one is that they will hear a murmur when they listen to the chest. That murmur is just the blood flow going through that narrowed valve. and That's what they're hearing there. So that should clue them in that that's something to investigate further. The next step in that would be what's called an echocardiogram, which is essentially an ultrasound of the heart. That's how we really make the diagnosis of aortic valve stenosis That's also how we grade it, either mild, moderate, or severe. So an echocardiogram is an essential step in the process of not only diagnosing it, but determining if someone potentially needs aortic valve replacement.
0: And to get evaluated then to see if you have a murmur, that starts with your primary care physician. And is that generally picked up earlier in life?
1: Certainly if it's mild, it may not be picked up because that can be tough to hear on exam. But if it progresses to moderate or severe, it's much easier to hear on exams. It may be one of those things that's brewing but not necessarily noticeable on a physical exam. But certainly when a primary physician does notice it, it can't be ignored. That should always be investigated with with an echocardiogram.
0: Got it. And then last question, Dr. Thompson, and thank you for your time. Is there a way to keep our heart valves healthy? Someone may be listening to this going, I don't want that to happen to me. What can I do to at least maybe help ensure that I don't get aortic valve stenosis?
1: Yeah, and that's a good question. Oftentimes patients that we see are very healthy otherwise and they've done everything they're supposed to do as far as cardiovascular health. This is just one of those things as a degenerative process and develops. Sometimes people have mild or moderate aortic valve stenosis, and it never progresses to severe. But in general, the things that we want to emphasize are obviously a healthy, heart-healthy diet and routine aerobic exercise. But if you are diagnosed with some degree of aortic valve stenosis, it's been important for regular follow-up with a cardiologist. And they keep an eye on not only symptoms, but will probably over the years get an echocardiogram every so often to make sure that valve is not
0: progressing. Have a heart healthy diet, pay attention to exercise, and then regular follow-up visits. If you are diagnosed, just to make sure that it's not progressing. Is that right?
1: That's right. Keeping attuned to your body and symptoms. Oftentimes, these are at a very incremental change over time. Sometimes people don't actually notice that they can't walk as far as they used to, or that they're getting more out of breath with things that didn't used to cause shortness of breath. Paying attention to that and also having family there who can observe these things is important.
0: Great suggestions, Dr. Thompson. And thank you so much for your time. This has really been informative and interesting. Thank you again.
1: Yeah, no
0: problem. Thanks for having me. That's Dr. Caleb Thompson. And for more information, please visit DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.